Hello, hello. You are listening to Why the World Needs You podcast, hosted by me, Benjamin Fritz. This podcast has been created to empower you to become the person you've always wanted to be. The journey is difficult and the challenges are many, but the rewards of being true to yourself are immeasurable. The objective of this show is to give you a safe, supportive space to learn, gain inspiration, and witness the true power and freedom that comes with becoming the person that you are meant to be. Why the World Needs You is a community of purpose-driven individuals who are passionate, gifted, and have a zest for life. They deeply desire to share their unique voice and gifts in order to make the world a better place for themselves and future generations. They are pulled to a different way of living and a higher purpose, while remaining grounded in their desire to engage and contribute in practical ways. My goal is for you to walk away from each episode with confidence and conviction, sharing your authentic self with the world, as well as a deepening understanding of your potential to impact the world in a way that makes sense to you. I'm honored to have this privilege. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of your day and your journey. Hello, and welcome to the Why the World Needs You podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Fritz, and today I have Alyssa Jablonski here with me. Alyssa Jablonski is a spiritual writer and blogger. She's a proud, highly sensitive person and an advocate for radical self-acceptance. She operates a blog called Life by Alyssa, which was created with the intent to inspire others to find more beauty, meaning, and ease in their everyday lives. She writes in the tone of your best friend and loves diving into topics like spirituality, self-love, mental health, and high sensitivity. In addition to her blog, you can find her writing in publications such as Thought Catalog, Thrive Global, and Savannah East. Alyssa also has a weekly email newsletter called Spiritual Growth Sundays, where she shares self-reflection prompts, including mantras, meditations, journaling prompts, and more. Alyssa, thanks so much for being here. Hey, Ben. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm super excited and super honored to, when you asked me to be on the show, um, it's just, it's great to be here. (laughs) Awesome. Well, oh, I just get like so excited um, just like introducing you here because so many of these things are things that I really enjoy, um, enjoy talking about. And we only met recently. And so I think it's interesting because you had posted a an article or a blog that you wrote in a Facebook group that we're in, and it was about being an empath in the workplace and specifically in a a fast paced high pressure corporate work environment and For me, I read that, and I immediately resonated with it. I was like, "Wow, like this was like speaking to my soul. Uh, my wife has had very similar experiences. And I was like, I like this girl. I need to get in touch with her. And here we are, I don't know, like probably like a month or two later on the podcast together. So I'm super excited to to have this conversation. Yeah, it was really cool how that happened too. Um, I like that story specifically was a really personal one for me. It's one of my favorite articles I've ever written, kind of just opened my heart up there. And <clears throat> Anytime I write something and somebody gives me feedback like that, it's just really impactful for me because I write these stories and don't really know who it's touching. I hope at least one person will get something out of it. So when I receive like a heartfelt message like you gave me, it just makes 
all the time and energy I spend in my writing, it makes it feel really worth it for me. And it's, it's nice when you put yourself out there like that. Um, it's a great way to connect with people on like an authentic level. So I felt like super connected to you right away. I love that. And it's so meaningful. Like I get chills when you say that because really what I'm seeing there, you know, because I knew my side of it, right. But then hearing your side of it, it's really just two people being very vulnerable. Right. And and so it just goes to show the meaningful connection you can create very, very quickly if you're vulnerable. So like you're, you know, you just said how it felt for you. And so I kind of want to put out there how it felt for me when I, when I read it, like deeply resonated with it. And for me, the way that I used to handle situations like that, I would be like, man, like that's super cool. I I feel like so connected to this person the the person that was writing it, like they have so much wisdom or I feel so like, and then I wouldn't like say anything. (laughs) I would keep my mouth shut. I would just kind of like go along with my life and, and that would be it. So for me, this is something that's really changed in the past. I mean, really recent, like a couple of years for me is being very open. I'm a, I'm a very compassionate, loving person. And I've had this fear for most of my life that that's overwhelming for people and that makes people feel uncomfortable. So mm-hmm. keep that to yourself that's weird. Like you're weird and creepy because you're like opening up to people right away and telling them how you really feel. You shouldn't do that. And so that's to me, again, the power of it. Like for me, that was my way of being vulnerable was being like, this article was amazing. I think what you're doing is amazing. I love your vibe. And especially, and two, I think is a factor of like me being a male, you being a female, there's kind of this underlying concern on social media of like, oh, like I'm going to come off creepy. She's going to think I'm hitting on her. And, and so there's that, like, that, just, that angle of it too. So just so many things wrapped into that. But I love what you said. And I kind of, I, I'm just so happy you did because it allowed me to be able to share then. Um, and really that's where authentic connection comes from is two people being vulnerable. Absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And it's like interesting. And I'm sure you know how this is like, as you put yourself out there on social media, well, you know, like I'm sharing my blog, you've been doing life coaching and starting your podcast. It's very vulnerable to put yourself out there. And you're like, gosh, does anyone care? So you get those messages and it's really validating and it makes you want to send more nice messages to other people who are putting themselves out there because you know how lonely it can feel at times and scary so it's it's just like it makes you more compassionate and proud of other people who are putting themselves out there because you understand it's not easy all the time but totally and and that's so it because that was part of it for me in doing that for you I was like well even if she thinks I'm weird and she doesn't (laughs) want to talk to me whatever hopefully she was at least excited and felt supported by my input. And like you said, that, that's such a huge thing because that it's a domino effect. Then like you said, mm-hmm. if you feel that support and you feel, especially if you felt that maybe I stepped out of my comfort zone a little bit, 
then you can feel more empowered to do that or more pulled to do that to other people, like you're saying, and really actively support. And especially we'll kind of dive into this, I'm sure during our conversation, but especially for those of us that we're kind of like, those are, are more of our deep seated things that we're, we're working through being vulnerable, being open. We're more sensitive, you know, some, a lot of our like root fears and stuff are around these types of things. It is so, so empowering for us to get that support and feel that love and compassion because really that's creating a, a sense of safety for us of like, oh, okay, I can be myself. I can step into, I can share these things about myself. Like for you, I can write these things and they feel accepted because probably at some point in our lives, we didn't feel that way. And so having that sense of safety from others then it's great for us, but then also allows us like exactly like you were saying, allows us to show that same compassion to others. Yeah. Perfectly said. I mean, that's what really drives me because I've always been a really sensitive, empathetic person. And I often didn't feel like that was okay. Or I felt like it caused issues in my life because I would just react so strongly, whether it was like sadness or even getting really excited. Like everything was, has always been very extreme for me. And I didn't think that was cool or, or a good thing at all. And I always wanted to suppress it. And just in the past few years, I've really started to embrace that. And it makes me have so much more compassion and love for myself. So I just really want to share that with other people to not try to like suppress it or think that they have to look a certain way because actually when you lean into like your sensitivity and empathy, like you can be such a pillar of strength for other people and like give them permission to be themselves. And I think such beautiful things can happen, you know, when we, when we show that vulnerable side of ourselves. So yeah, I feel strongly about that for sure. Oh, so good. And, and something I obviously feel very deeply too. Um, but as long as you're talking about that, why don't you kind of just give us a, a high level of your story? Um, you know, where did all that start for you? Where, you know, what have you been through and kind mm -hmm. of like how you got to where you are now? Yeah. So I'll start the story with, um, I moved to California by myself when I was 22 years old. So I went to college to study retail merchandising and I graduated, didn't really have a set plan, um, just kind of a go with the flow person, figured something would come up. And I applied for jobs all over the country. I, I was in Minnesota, by the way. Um, and I got this internship opportunity at this corporate retail company out in Southern California so as a girl who grew up in a small town in Minnesota, like an opportunity to go move to Southern California was the coolest thing ever. I was so pumped. So I, I jumped at the opportunity and I did a 10-week internship. It turned to a full-time job. I moved my entire life to California and it was awesome. Like, don't get me wrong, but it was also really hard. I didn't have any friends. I didn't have people I knew in California. I had just came by myself and planned to just kind of figure things out as I went. And 
at first my job at this retailer was really cool. It was like a dream come true. But as time went on and sales weren't so hot at the company anymore, tensions got high, things started to get pretty stressful. So there started to be a lot of finger pointing, like, why are sales so bad? What's going on? Like trying to find a reason. And for me, being a very sensitive, empathetic person, that was really jarring for me. It was overwhelming. I started getting a sense of dread about going into work um, on Mondays because Mondays we'd always have this big business meeting. And if sales were poor over the weekend, then somebody was going to get yelled at. So it started causing physical issues for me. Um, I've always had more of a sensitive stomach, but nothing ever too, too major. And as things got more and more stressful in my job, my stomach issues got worse. It got to a point where I was having trouble digesting like basic foods that were never an issue for me. Um, I started losing hair because I was so stressed out and it became, it started to be a lot of work to just feel okay every day. Some of my coworkers were able to handle it. No problem. They had like a thick skin and they knew it was messed up, but they were able to just let it roll off their back. But for me, it was really hard for me to just let things go. Like I didn't feel, I wasn't okay with being talked down to. I I knew it wasn't right and it took all of my energy every day just to like feel somewhat okay. So I was um beginning to meditate. I was taking CBD capsules, like doing everything I knew how to do to um to feel like at a baseline level of okay, but it was just so much work for me. So Eventually it got to a point where it was just too much. It was a, it, I knew it was toxic and I knew I had to get out of there because it was affecting my life outside of work as well. And I just, I couldn't do it anymore. So my breaking point was really, I had this boss who didn't help the situation. He was very much a micromanager. He was feeling the stress coming from above, which is understandable. And I remember in a meeting one day, he came out with this calendar and he gave us a bunch of blackout dates, like dates that we couldn't take off work. And this was around Thanksgiving time. And all of these dates were around the holidays. And I had family coming in from Minnesota. And I was like, there's no way. Like, I'm not going to miss time with my family to work in this job that's making me miserable. So I remember driving home that evening. And I was just over it. I was like, I don't care what I do. Like, if I have to go work in a coffee shop for a while or go wait tables, like this toxic environment is not going to change and I can't change myself to fit into this environment. So I need to leave. So that was the moment I decided to quit, honestly. And I just knew I had to figure something else out. Oh. <laughs> it's a lot. There, there's a lot there. I can like, I can I can feel the stress of it again just as as you're recounting it it just doesn't feel good at all. Yeah. So one of my questions that immediately comes up from that I've got a couple but the first thing because I know 
that being a sensitive, empathetic individual myself has been an area of growth, you know, as a pain point for me, for sure. But in your specific experience, like what you were saying about how, so you start having this, this physical manifestation, which I want to go into that too. But before we get there, how you are reacting differently than your cohort is you mentioned that a lot of other people had a thick skin or were able to handle it. Yeah. I want to know your experience with that because a lot of times the, the, the messaging is like, you know, if you don't have a thick skin, you're weak and sensitive is weak. And so how did that feel in that situation to you? I definitely felt like there was something wrong with me. And I felt like if I wanted to be successful in this company and in the retail world in general, I needed to be like the quintessential, like devil wears Prada, like mean, tough, like, and so I, I felt like I was wrong for being the way that I was. And I desperately tried to mask that and cover it up and act like I didn't care. And that's what took a lot of energy for me because I do care and I don't know how to not. Um, and it was, so I was constantly comparing myself to these other people who were tougher than me and were able to get yelled at and just go back to their desk and work and not be hurt by it. I, I just kept trying to fit myself into that mold and cover up who I was, but in covering up who I truly am, that's what was making me physically sick because I wasn't expressing myself at all. I was like, it's like trying to fit myself into this square peg or whatever the saying is like, it just wasn't going to work for me, but it caused a lot of self judgment and, and insecurity and just kind of perpetuated that story of if you're sensitive, you're weak and you're this, you're wrong for this. Yeah. It's a really hard narrative being on, you know, the kind of the, the quote unquote losing end of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's definitely something that, you know, I can at least speak to culturally uh, where, you know, we both grew up in the States, so I'm not sure as much in other countries, but it definitely, like you said, kind of the devil wears Prada thing. Like it just, it's very much that image, right. Of this person that has it all together, is strong, can continue on no matter what, and just face whatever it is that is thrown at them. And while, sure, there there's a lot of aspects to that, there there's some truth there to be resilient and things like that, there is kind of this darker side of if you if you don't respond well to that, you're less than and you aren't as good as you, you know, your, your value is directly tied to that. Again, I think it's, it's unfortunate. I think it's cool for people in our situation to have experienced that and to have gotten back in touch with ourselves and really now know ourselves better and be more confident in who we are. But in those times, it's really, it's really tough. It's really scary. Like you said, kind of that we already have that narrative running in the back of our minds so for this situation to be really reinforcing that and to kind of go back to topics that we've already touched on like the whole uh compassion and and supporting aspect if there is none of that 
it's really, really hard to make it through a situation like that. Absolutely. And not to mention, I'm definitely like a very driven person and I want to rise to the top and I want to be respected and I have people pleasing tendencies for sure. So that all tied together with the, that toxic environment was pretty crazy because it was like, okay, I really want to rise to the top and I really want to shine and I need to work really hard to finish a project that I had to present for work. And it was like, I would just run myself ragged because I felt like I had to work so hard just to keep up with other people. And yeah, it's, it's not sustainable. Like I'm a pretty easygoing person and pretty resilient, but there's some things that just aren't natural and pushing yourself to the point of burnout the way I was is just not sustainable and, and not healthy. Yeah, totally. So I want to shift over to what we were talking about with the, the physical aspect of this. And before we dive into what that actually looked like in terms of the specifics, um, I'm curious because you mentioned and articulated very well how you know that these things are actually like a physical manifestation of you pushing and suppressing your truth, like pushing that down, suppressing that and getting away from who you really are. And first of all, I just want to say like, that's an incredibly enlightened perspective because so many people wouldn't put that together. It would seem too spiritual almost because it's like, wait, no, like I'm, you know, I'm, physically getting sick because of some physical issues or something like it's because of the stress, but you were able to actually pinpoint that the true stressor was the fact that you were not being yourself. And that is really, really meaningful. So how did you come to that realization? How did you realize that that was actually what was happening It definitely took me a while to come to that realization. Like, I can't say that in that moment when I was going through it, that I had the clarity. That clarity definitely came after, but it was very apparent to me that that environment was not, was, was um, negatively affecting my health because I, anytime my boss or a higher up person would come over to my desk, I would get a visceral reaction and my stomach would start getting sick. So those, that was a very like obvious part of it for me was like, okay, this happens and I'm getting immediate physical reactions. Um, But it was definitely through a lot of introspection after leaving that job and getting more in touch with myself and um, really getting comfortable with my sensitive nature that I kind of understood, well, no wonder that that experience was so made me so sick because it was, it was me fighting against who I truly am. And I did realize in the moment too, while I was working there, that I was, that I was trying to change who I was like that, that felt very obvious to me. I just didn't think that who I was, was okay at that time, if that makes sense. Definitely. Yeah. And that's one of the <laughs> the blessings and the curse about being a highly sensitive person is that we're usually very in touch with who we are, mm-hmm. but the way that we are acting that out or showing that to the world 
can be a very different story. <laughs> exactly. So, so it's like a blessing in that we know who we are on a deep level, but sometimes it's really hard to actually be that person. Exactly. Yep. Now let's talk a little bit about, so you're, you're having these these health issues. Like you said, you can actually feel these visceral reactions when your boss is going over and talking to you. For me, when I worked in the the, the nine to five world, when I had a job like that, I remember getting emails on my phone, like, you know, after leaving the office and you get an email at 7 PM and just that immediate, like, like I was being punched in the gut. And, and I I think it's interesting to mention to people too, to like kind of illustrate the, the sensitive nature or for people like us, how important it is to be like really aligned with what we're doing is that I didn't hate my job. I really didn't. I didn't hate it, but there was like this aspect of, I didn't have, I I still wanted space from it. And I still wanted um, just a sense of almost like I wanted to be able to unattach from it. Like I wanted to leave work and just be myself and not have this kind of attachment to that. So I just remember getting those emails and immediately just being like, fuck, like, (laughs) like, (laughs) no, I don't want to deal with this right now. And it would ruin my whole evening. And I'm not saying that there aren't, you know, there, there are growth opportunities there for, for me in terms of how to respond to that and how to not let it ruin my whole evening. But there was, you know, it's kind of that fine balance of being able to then also be like, well, this also isn't a good situation for me because I shouldn't be feeling that way. So back to you and what you experienced, how did those things manifest? What did that look like? And, and then how did you kind of proceed with, with uh, working on those? Yeah. So um, the stomach issues began slightly before I moved to California. Um, It was like started to become an issue when I was like 21 years old. I remember it was before, I think it was around Christmas time. I started having this gnawing feeling in my stomach, kind of like gut rot. So I went to just my normal primary doctor at that time. Didn't really think much of it. And the doctor was like, oh, I think you have gastritis. Take Prilosec, avoid spicy foods, don't drink alcohol. I was like, okay. Then six months later, I got those gnawing pains again, Prilosec, the spicy foods, um, avoiding the avoiding the spicy foods, that still wasn't really helping the problem. So I went to a gastroenterologist, did some breath tests for um, lactose intolerance, gluten intolerance, fructose intolerance. And I came back positive for fructose intolerance. So I was really excited because finally there was like some answer to what was going on with this weird, mysterious issue I was facing. And fructose, you know, it's naturally occurring in foods like avocados and apples and honey. I was eating a lot of those things because you think it's healthy. So I got that information, adjusted my diet, cut those things out. Again, I was fine for about six months. Then I moved to California, started experiencing a lot of stress in my job, not to mention I was making very little money and trying to afford living in Southern California. So that's not always easy. And 
the stomach issues came back again and the tools that I had gained, the diet knowledge that I had gained wasn't doing the trick. I was, I was getting more and more sick. Like it would be, my stomach started being bloated constantly and I always had acid coming up into my throat and it was very uncomfortable. And it's hard for a 22 year old girl who's single wanting to go out and have fun with her friends and having to worry about if, you know, if I'm going to get sick that night. So anyway, I found another gastroenterologist in Orange County. He was highly rated. I was like, okay, this is going to be my savior. I'm going to be fine after I see him. And I remember laying down on the, the table, the like examining table, and he pressed on my stomach and he looked at some tests we'd done. He's like, well, you're negative for gluten intolerance. And I, I don't really see anything wrong with you. He's like, are you sure it's not just stress? And like at that moment, I was so defeated and I had thought this was going to be my answer. And I just remember going out to my car and calling my mom because she was in Minnesota and I was alone in California, super sick and just crying to her. I'm like, what, like, what am I going to do? Like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I can't, I can't keep doing this. And, um, he, that doctor did have me do an endoscopy where they put the, the camera down your throat to look into your stomach. He did see stomach ulcers in my stomach. So he's like, okay, yeah, clearly you're stressing out and creating this issue. So again, I was prescribed Prilosec and um, was told to just avoid spicy food. The same thing I'd heard for now like a year. And again, wasn't helping. I was still sick. This time it was getting much worse. Um, foods that were once okay for me were no longer okay at all. Like foods that you would definitely think are healthy and safe. Certain vegetables. I suddenly couldn't eat squash. I couldn't eat potatoes, rice, like I was bloating up and I was getting to this point now where my arms would get really tingly and I had brain fog and I just wasn't functioning properly and I knew that. So then I found another gastroenterologist and this woman was also highly rated. So I had, I was cautiously optimistic because I felt like I'd been burned a few times and didn't know if I could really trust that they were going to be able to help me. And this woman told me, she's like, it sounds like you might have SIBO. And I'd never heard of SIBO before. I'm like, what is that? So it's small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. So it's where like bacteria and other parts of your stomach start growing in your small intestine. And it causes extreme bloating. Like some people look like they're like seven months pregnant with SIBO and it's incredibly painful and that bacteria eats up the nutrients in your body so it causes malnutrition because you're literally not properly digesting your food and getting the nutrients into your body so she tested me for SIBO and I was positive for that and that was like one of the happiest days for me because I was like oh my gosh I'm positive for this mysterious illness like now I know what's wrong with me she gave me an antibiotic and I was like, okay, this is, this is it. This is my answer. 
took the antibiotic for like two or three weeks. And I remember testing out to see if I was better. I'm like, I'm going to eat a cheeseburger on a bun. Like I haven't had a cheeseburger in months. <laughs> and I ate the cheeseburger and it's, I got sick. My stomach still bloated up and I was getting acid into my throat and went back to the doctor and test, got tested again for SIBO. I was still positive. She gave me another round of antibiotics still was positive. So that then was definitely a low point for me um, because I'd found the answer. I'd found the, the thing that was supposed to heal me and it wasn't healing me. And I started feeling really depressed because it's like, now what? Like there's something so wrong with me. I genuinely thought I was never going to feel normal again. I genuinely thought like, stomach issues were just going to be part of my life and I'd never be able to like go to a party and have a glass of wine and eat chips and dip with my friends ever again. Like I was just always going to be this, this weird person who, who couldn't just like join in normal activities and live a normal life. So then after that, I was, I remember there was a morning at work. I drank this carrot orange juice like it had like half of the bottle and suddenly my stomach like erupted into flames and I ran to the bathroom and threw up normally I didn't get sick like that from SIBO but like things were getting worse for me and I I saw blood in the toilet and that freaked me out so I started crying begged my I went over to my boss and begged him to go home and that was still in my my job that was stressful. And I had never really taken any time off despite how sick I always was. I always came into work. So that's when I knew things were bad when I was like asking to go home and feeling so scared. So I went home that day and I did a a search on Yelp for SIBO doctor and this holistic doctor popped up, Dr. Jin. And I'd never done anything holistic. I, I wasn't into that stuff really. Like I'm, I was open-minded, but I'd always just gone the traditional medicine route. And so I found this guy and he had amazing reviews. So I set up a, an appointment with him. Um, because I, I felt like I'd gone this other route and it hasn't been working for me. So there has to be another way, a different avenue to get to this answer because I I can't keep living this way. Like I, I was newly in a relationship at the time and I just wanted to be able to go out to eat with my boyfriend and not have to make it this whole stressful, weird thing. And I was really motivated to get, to get better. I just didn't know for sure if it was possible. So I made an appointment with Dr. Jin and I remember sitting in his office and I felt so hopeful. I I looked around his office and he had books about astrology and like holistic healing. And he had like this calming waterfall. And I was like, okay, this guy is so much different than the other people I've seen. And I just felt like this was going to be my answer. So Dr. Jin found that I not only had leaky gut or a SIBO, but I also had leaky gut. So it was a double whammy. 
He's like, I can help you. I've helped a lot of people with this, but it's not going to be easy. And it's going to take you, might take you a year to get better. And you might only get 70% of the foods back that you used to eat before that. I was like, okay, I was willing to do whatever. So we started working together immediately. I saw him every other week. He got me on a special diet plan. Um, I didn't, I had to avoid eating sugar, starches, grains, dairy, like alcohol, coffee. So basically I ate meat and certain vegetables. That was it. I, I had to be incredibly strict. He got me on a whole supplement regimen and we did liver cleanses, um, so many things. And then the most important aspect I think was we worked through my emotional stressors. He used, he uses this technique called NET, which is neuro emotional technique. So he would find the subconscious issues that were making me ill in different parts of my body. And we would identify those subconscious issues and work through them and kind of start getting rid of those things that were like deep seated in me that were causing a lot of stress. So. After, it was about seven months of being incredibly strict and working with him every other week, I finally got better. I I got back, I'd say about 80% of the foods I used to eat. I'm doing a lot better than he had even originally predicted that I would be doing. And I learned a ton about myself as well through working with him. And it, it honestly changed my life. Like, I'm super grateful for all of this happening. So it's, it was a really crazy windy journey though. Yeah. Quite the, (laughs) quite the path there. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Thank you for sharing all the details. I'm sure a lot of that's hard to talk about just reliving it kind of. I've had my own health journey and it is like so I resonated with so many things. So I was kind of experiencing the the roller coaster, the emotional roller coaster as you're talking as well. I think the, the thing that really comes up for me, we both use the word is journey. Mm-hmm. It is such a long winding path. And just like you, I am absolutely grateful for my experiences as well. Again, similarly to you, I think um, I I still have a lot to figure out in terms of my health, doing much, much better than I was a couple years ago, but it's kind of been this ongoing thing with spikes and things like that. For you, when you're in those, those like dark, dark moments, (laughs) (laughs) I think it's really powerful that you share that with us because those are the moments that when we really feel that we're stripped down to our very base self, like you said, you called your mom, you're crying. You're like, I don't know what to do anymore. This is like, I just don't know what to do. And we're so lost to me. I think those moments and going through those while they're so, so painful, it really helps us grow to another level to be able to embrace that, to be able to go through it and kind of get to the next level, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. 
Um, it, so is that, do you feel similarly? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like it, having to reach those low, those low points, it forced me to learn a lot about myself and because I, I reached the low points, but then I always came out of them and I always got a little bit stronger. Even, you know, sometimes it took days, months, whatever, like to start feeling better again, but I always pulled myself out of it. And that made me get a lot, grow a lot of confidence in myself because I'm like, wow, I'm resilient. Like I'm dealing with these stomach issues that I don't know anyone else who has this going on in their lives. And I'm, I'm still getting up every day and I'm still going to work and I'm still trying to be a good friend and a good girlfriend and I'm doing a lot. So I would always kind of try to view myself from that point of view when I, when I got more clarity, like I'm doing my best. Like, yeah, of course I'm going to have these moments where I feel really sad and depressed because this is really hard, but like tried to remember all the other really cool things that I was doing in the midst of that and just tried to like remember that I do have a lot to be grateful for. And um, it, I don't know, it just made me feel, it made me stronger and more grateful for the good things in my life. And, and I knew I had so much to get better for. So it just, it drove me, but yeah, those, those low moments are tough. And it really helped me feel a lot more compassion for other people who are, might be going through depression. Maybe their, you know, their low points are caused by something else, but it helped me to understand what that, that darkness can really be like in going through it. Like it's not something you can just snap out of sometimes. Yeah, no, I so hear you. It, it really creates such a sense of perspective and I think it really brings the things that matter to the surface. That's a huge deal. Like you said, it provides a lot of perspective and gratitude, but also kind of brings the, the other things about yourself and the opportunities to learn and grow on a personal level to the surface as well. And that's really powerful. So I kind of, I wanted to talk a little bit more about that for you, but I also want to, I want to connect it to the, the alternative holistic approach, because I know for you that that's, that was a pretty powerful part of the transition. And so just to rewind quickly to when you're sitting in that doctor's office, you, like you said, you you went an alternative route after trying all these conventional methods and this is something, cause I've done the same thing in my healing journey and I have friends who are doctors are in conventional medicine. I have had people who I know don't understand the alternative route and they're very judgmental about it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, on this podcast, like I love, I love just really exploring things through the lens of compassion, right? Everything is about trying to be open and understanding. So for you, what was that like when you were finally like, okay, I'm going to try this alternative method. I I laughed. I, you know, people won't see video here, but like, (laughs) I'm like smiling when you said, um, like your doctor had, uh, your practitioner had the the books on astrology and stuff in the office. (laughs) One of the, the guys who had been really instrumental in my healing journey, one of the quirkiest dudes I've ever met. 
And I mean, and, and still there is stuff that he would say, and I'm just like, that is like not comfortable to me. Like, I don't see how that works or, you know, like I can't wrap my head around what he's telling me, but there was still like a sense of openness for me and being like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm open to healing in whatever way he may see things a different way. So what was that like for you to get to that point and how open were you? And then how did that transition kind of feel for you? Yeah. So I'm natural, naturally a pretty open person. Like I'm open to different perspectives and different things. I, it's to me, it's like, if something works, then I don't necessarily need to know how, like I just, I'm, I'm fairly trusting. So it also helped that when I went to see him, I was, I, I felt like I was out of options, you know, like this was to me, I'm like, this is going to be my saving grace. I mean, I thought that every other time, but I had tried all the other different routes. So I felt really open to trying something different because it was different. And because I had never done anything like that, I, and I had seen so many positive reviews about him. So I, I definitely just like let go of any doubts that I might've had and just let myself be receptive. And of course, like some of the people in my life who are a little bit more critical or might be, you know, not as open to things would say, have questions or like, how does he do what he does? How do you know if it works? I'm like, I don't know. I just know it's working for me. So yeah, it was, and I'm really, really glad that I was open to it because I think that is a huge part of healing holistically is you have to be open to it. Sometimes you can't question everything because you kind of can block yourself from receiving all of these amazing gifts. Um, because one of the things he, my doctor told me right off the bat was it's like, if you want to get well, you have to believe that, believe that you can be well. And he would work with me and we would find these subconscious issues. And he would find that I didn't think that I could be well. I had been sick for like five plus years and it had become part of my identity. So we really had to work through those things first for me to believe that I could get healthy in order to actually heal. And I I actually think that kind of mindset like plagues a lot of people without even realizing it because, you know, you're, you have your illness for so long, it becomes part of your life. And once he and I started working on my emotional stressors and I saw the immediate relief that I would feel even leaving his, the appointment that evening, like it was obvious to me that this, this was really working for me. Um, one of my, the most pivotal stressors that I had to work through was always had this desire to like be perfect and to impress people. And I've always, and that was causing me a lot of the pressure and strain at my, at my previous job was I just always wanted to like be the best and be liked and climb the ladder. And my doctor found that it was relating back to childhood. My, my little brother is like super, super smart. He's a scientist now. And I always compared myself to him because I was not book smart in the way that he was. And my parents are amazing, but, you know, naturally you compare yourself. And I always wanted to feel like I was good enough too. 
So I would just overly push myself to be impressive in other ways and, and show, you know, show the world that I was valid too. And that, that was driving me a lot and I had no idea. And when we uncovered that, it was like, it was, it shifted the way I thought about myself and it gave me so much perspective and it, it was just, it was really pivotal for me. And so we had, I really, we started to look forward to my sessions with him because we would uncover all of these old subconscious beliefs that I had that I had no idea about. And I would get excited, like, oh my gosh, I'm learning all these things about myself. And I'd go home and journal about it. And, and that was like, what really got me in touch with spirituality and like meditation and, um, just like self-inquiry because I was realizing that I had all of these answers already within me as, you know, woo as that sounds like it's true. And I wanted to like uncover all of it. And because it was making me feel so good to, to get to know myself on that deep level and just gave me so much more compassion for myself. Like, like no wonder I've been feeling so sad or so much pressure. Like, course because it reminds me of when I was eight years old and you know going through some some hard things so it was I'm just like super grateful for him because yeah it it just opened my eyes so much and that's why I think there's something amazing about being open because you can get such cool moving experiences that you would never have had if you were just writing it off as like oh no that's weird or those doctors are quacks. Like you have no idea <laughs> how much it can, it can really change your life. So. Mm. I just love that you said that kind of connecting what we were talking about being open to what was actually your experience. I had a, or I listened back to a podcast recently um, and I just put it up the other day. Uh, one with my a coaching buddy who is a like a spiritual and energetic healer, and I talked about the the work that he does, and he was kind of skeptical going into it. Like once he started feeling this about himself, and then for me, I I like I let him do some energy work with me, and it's something that I still can't like fully understand. But exactly like you're saying, we had a point in our conversation where I, I talked about it on the podcast. What was really amazing about it to me was like I was open to it and I experienced something very profound. I don't know how the fuck it happened, but like, <laughs> but it doesn't matter, right? At the end of the day, and this is exactly what I'm hearing from you is like, if you can let go of this judgment of a certain method of getting from point A to point B, a certain way of doing things, and you can just experience it and decide whether it's right for you or not, and then proceed from there, that's a really, really powerful experience because exactly like you were saying, it opens you up and maybe you have a life-changing experience. And that was, so again, just to kind of relate it back to what I was saying, like that was it for me was, I experienced this thing where I'm like, I, I really, I don't know. Like, that's something I've always been like very much like this is total bullshit. <laughs> and I told, you know, I told them as much too. Like, I'm, I'm like, I'll, I'm being very open and honest. Like I'll, I'll try this out, but 
you know, like, (laughs) (laughs) but then to have that experience, it was an awesome learning moment for me. I continue to have these over the past couple of years of my life. Like it sounds like you have just these moments of being open, even if you are pushed there because it's your last resort, because you have nothing else. But by doing that and staying open, because some people wouldn't, some people wouldn't go that route. Some people would rather, you know, somebody else could have been in your shoes or is in your shoes and they will feel shitty forever because they're not willing to go to that quack. They're not willing to open their mind to a different route. And so I think so much of it comes back to, as humans, it's easy to want to say something is right or wrong. We want to live in this world of black and white. And it's just not always that simple. And I think that's why the holistic model is so powerful. And I know that that word scares a lot of people or, you know, it, it immediately people have this response to whatever their perspective of that word is. So all of that to say, I'm curious to hear for you, especially with you have your, your writing spiritual growth Sundays. How has this, like, what does holistic, what does a holistic approach look like to you? Like whatever that feels looks like to you. I'd like to hear that. And, how that's going to be or how it's become a very important and meaningful piece of your life. Yeah. So I have to say that what really got me into writing about like holistic healing and spirituality and all of the topics that I write about is this, this experience that we've talked about is my way, my windy journey of finding holistic healing and, And I really wanted to share with people, like a lot of the skeptics, like, hey, I'm a normal girl who grew up in a small town, Minnesota, and I didn't have hippie parents and I didn't have any exposure to this stuff. And this has changed my life. And I want to share this with you because I I genuinely don't want to see other people suffer and struggle for years when it could, when it could be helped just by being open to a different modality and just being, being open to something new. Um, So to me, holistic healing and, and living holistically is really about fully embracing like the full spectrum of life and fully embracing who you are, the good, the bad, the ugly. That's, that's what's really important to me. Um, Because I've, where I've, experienced the most pain in my life is by trying to change myself and trying to fit into a certain mold. And that's what causes a lot of us to get sick, I think, is not being true to who we are and just suppressing a a huge part of our nature. And when we can actually learn who we are at a core level and learn, you know, through journaling and meditation and just getting to know ourselves at the core level there's so much power in that. And when we understand that we can live more like openly in our, in our daily life. And I feel like there it's, you can be healthier. You, you can feel more alive because you're not shoving stuff down. You're just fully expressing and 
so that's been like, I'm very, I'm really passionate about, um, sharing that with people and sharing that it's okay to be sad sometimes. And like, if you feel down, like, please let yourself feel that and don't try to push it away with positivity because you're feeling that way for a reason. So it's just like the full spectrum and fully embodying all of it and being okay with all of it and accepting it and, and not trying to, to change yourself to be a way you think that you need to be. Um, and I really, I have to say I'm as a result of all of this, I'm really grateful for how like sensitive and my body is and how much I have to take care of myself. I actually think it's like such an awesome thing because it's forced me to get really in tuned with myself and it's such a blessing. Like I think about if I would have just not been open to seeing my holistic doctor and maybe I would have, and maybe I would have healed through an antibiotic. I wouldn't have been open to this world of spirituality and meditation and holistic, you know, holistic. I just, I feel like I would have not been able to uncover such a cool, like fulfilling area of life. Um, and so I think like having to take really good care of myself because it takes a lot of work for me to feel healthy every day is actually such a blessing because it forces me to really be take care of myself, mind, body, spirit. Like I have to meditate every single day. I have to journal every single day. I have to be conscious about what I eat. And that makes me a healthier person, you know, all around. And I think if it wasn't so easy, if it was easier for me, I, I would be missing out on a lot of the like depth that I'm able to experience. So that's really important for me to share that with other people to know that like, if you're going through something hard or if you're, if you've been sick, like there's probably such a blessing in it. Like you just, you kind of have to be open to to seeing that and getting that kind of perspective from the hard stuff. Mm, That's so good. So good. I, I, deeply resonate with that as well through my own experiences. I also think it's so interesting given where we're at in the world, right? Like, you know, we're, we're recording this at a time when there's a virus and we're all staying at home and, you know, this crazy pandemic. And so what's been really interesting to me to see this as a coach, as a friend, as a husband, as a brother, you know, like as a son, all these things. It's been so interesting to kind of feel this same energy as when I went through a lot of, you know, kind of like my, my journey with the health stuff and the, the, the spiritual growth that that created. I'm sensing a lot of the same things as like we're kind of in this as a collective because we're all going through this collective illness. We're all being forced to be, go through some type of pain, some type of grieving because something has changed in every one of our lives. It's really interesting to observe this on a large, large scale, but I believe exactly what you're saying is going to be very true for people if they can give themselves, if they can look at it from that 
perspective of what you just said. And that, that is, it's going to be painful. It's going to be hard. Some days are going to suck. You might lose your job. You might not have an income. There is so much scary stuff to this. There is so much pain. And just like those moments that we talked about for you, where you're so, so sick and you don't know what to do. I think the world's kind of going through that and it's this collective pain and it's hard to see. And it's so emotional on a day-to-day hourly minute by minute basis for all of us. So I believe that we're going to have this opportunity and every individual, because we're all part of the whole is going to have this opportunity to have this own healing journey. And so I think that if people can look at it from that perspective of this is a really hard time, but there's an opportunity in it for me somehow, what can I learn that we can really come out of this better? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because I think it's easy for us to just want to rush through the hard stuff naturally. Like this is uncomfortable and we just want to get to the other side and get back to quote unquote normal. And it's, it's like, yeah, of course we want to, we want to feel better, but we're not, it's not going to get there for a long time. And this is the perfect opportunity to look in the mirror and face the feelings that you're having and, and see the opportunity for growth. Um, like it's, it, I always have these moments where I'm like, this is my life right now. Like, yeah, I wish, sometimes I wish things were different, but like, this is a day on earth. I'm never going to get back again. Like, what can I find in this day that is fulfilling for me? What, what can be beautiful in this day? It doesn't have to be a good day. Like, you know, I can still be sad, but I can still see something meaningful. Maybe I got to just spend time light having a candle lit and writing in my journal and that I'm still experiencing my life and feeling the the feelings and being here right now. And that's like, that's really important to me. And I think like simply that is what, what people can open up to and not try to rush through everything and try to get to the other side because there's so much in this moment right now. Like you don't have to like it. I'm not saying you have to enjoy this because I'm not enjoying many parts of it, but you know, you can still have moments that are meaningful and, and shift you. And it's like, these, these are times we're never going to get back. And it's, it's like when we don't have all these other distractions, we really do come face to face with ourselves. And I know that's really uncomfortable for people. It, it seems to highlight the areas that you need to work on. Like, I know for me, I, with my tendency for perfection and drive, I'm, I keep noticing myself wanting to spend every moment productively and maximize my time. And I'm never going to get this much time back again. And it's forcing me to take a look at that once I, you know, get grounded again and see that I'm going back into that pattern and I'm learning slowly to take a step back, breathe, let myself rest and relax. And this, this experience is like a microcosm of my daily life. Like I always struggle with that. So now I'm coming face to face with it and I have the opportunity to keep trying to correct that and slow down. And so I think 
you know, everyone has something like that in their lives that, that they can witness and work through. And that's, that's the really cool part about this experience. Like there's a lot that sucks about it, but there is a lot that, that we can learn if we are willing to, to see that. So it's, it's crazy though. I think the important thing around what you just said was that you were describing a process and that's truly it is it's a process it's ongoing and you kind of have to commit to that and and be in it for the long haul and it and it's funny because to some people that probably sounds overwhelming but it's also liberating if you can say okay, there is no destination that I need to be rushing to. It's just an ongoing process of being where I am right now, being in the moment, being with whatever is happening for me right now. You immediately, like, because I'm sensing this from you, which is why I got onto this, is like, you're able to let go of so much pressure. like that you finally stop putting that on yourself and you can finally just exist and be. And that's how, and again, I speak from an experience as well, because (laughs) I, you know, my story is so close to yours in terms of like dealing with perfection and always needing to be productive or doing or getting to the next step. And that's exhausting. It's fucking exhausting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's just so unnecessary. Like you're saying, you just kind of process and embrace that is I think is huge. Yeah. And it's like, I keep realizing that this is like the perfect opportunity to practice presence and mindfulness because we literally don't have an end date and we don't know what the future holds for sure. Like nobody does. And so many of us are obsessed about what the future looks like. What am I, you know, we love to plan and love to know our five-year plan. And this, this experience is showing us that we have no control over like how things play out sometimes and we can only control our own reaction to it. And because we don't know all we can choose to be is present because if we keep thinking about, well, like what's going to happen in six months, am I going to be able to have my wedding? Am I going to be able to, you know, go to a baseball game, which we know is not going to happen this summer. Um, It's like, we don't know those answers, but so all we can do is be here right now because the more we keep looking towards the future, the more we're just going to get ourselves worked up. So that's where I really see so much like power in just being here now and taking it step by step, moment by moment, because like you're saying, like the way you feel might change moment to moment and that's okay. But like, this is where we are. So what what can we get from it and what what can what meaning can you find in this there's always something there's always some sort of meaning and lesson like always and i think if you have that kind of mindset in your life you're you're going to be able to get through anything because like it might not make sense in the moment when you're going through it but there will always be a reason afterwards like and just knowing that is so liberating to me because I don't have to be afraid of bad things because I know something good always ends up coming from it. Maybe it's months or years down the road, but it's never for nothing. And that's the same with this, like something, 
good will come for everybody, I think. But it might be in a long time, and I know there's going to be a lot of pain and hurt for people um, as we go through it. So it, I realize that for sure. But Yeah, thank you for that. Like you said, there is always something to really deeply believe that life is working for you is life-changing. And this is where, you know, we kind of get into spirituality because in order to have that belief, you basically have to (laughs) have some, like some belief in a higher power or a higher intelligence or direction. So, you know, understanding that is, is a whole, you know, kind of like a whole nother conversation. But if you can do that, if you can just trust and believe actually deeply and not just like say it out loud of like, Oh yeah, life life is working for me. (laughs) But like actually believe that on a deep level. I mean, it, it truly releases so much pressure to perform or be or do. And it's pretty amazing. Yeah. It's, it's really like life giving. It just is, feels so good to, just when you can learn how to surrender it. And it's not saying that's always easy because I have moments where it's like, I really struggle to get out of my head and struggle to, to not try to control every situation. But when I do get to those moments where I'm like, I, I am powerless over this and please just guide me and, and support me. Like when I can get to that, it's, it's freeing because the, the weight of it is off of me. It's like, I, I can't do anything to change this. So it just feels very supportive to know that there's higher power looking, looking over us. And I haven't always been that way. I've come, I've come to that through my own trials and tribulations and learning how little control I had over circumstances. And really when I, when I accept that things get a lot better. It's all I can do is just try my best to react in a, in a healthy way and, and find what's good and be okay with what isn't good. Yeah. Oh man. I feel like we could just keep on talking forever and ever, but (laughs) (laughs) um, to, to kind of wrap up here, I've got a quick little segment at the end of just three questions I want to ask you Um, just kind of fun big thinking questions, just like quick answers. So call this the visionary hat trick, a hockey term, which you should probably know if you're from Northern Minnesota, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, But I I truly believe that we're all visionaries in our own way. So I I love that word. And I want to ask you a couple questions here to kind of speak around that. The first one is share one belief that you have that sounds wild or crazy or that you worry about being judged for. Um, I believe that we all have spirit guides guiding us along every single day in every situation. Perfect. All right. Number two, when you realize your personal vision, what does that look like and what impact does that have? I visualize my personal vision is 
leading others with a quiet strength and being able to just be a light by showing others that they can just fully be themselves and that's perfect and you don't have to change or be any other way to be to be a leader and to make a difference. Man, it's so weird that you're on this podcast called the Why the World Needs You. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> Literally the theme. Love, um, it. love it. And then the final question is, what is your hope for humanity? My hope for humanity is that we can really learn to find meaning in the struggle, kind of what I've been saying. And because when we can find that everything happens for us, we can just let go of a lot of our pre pretenses and just just be just be okay awesome well elizabeth this has been so much fun what is there anything that we didn't hit on that you really wanted to make sure to kind of hit or, or let people know before we finish up here um i feel like we hit on all of it i just want to reiterate that you everyone to everyone who's listening that you are amazing the way you are you don't have to change and if you embrace your true nature like you're going to make such a difference in the world and just keep believing in yourself because you are awesome oh absolutely love it (laughs) Alyssa. where can the people find you so i'm pretty active on instagram my handle is life by Alyssa. My website is lifebyalyssa.com and I'm on Facebook as Life by Alyssa as well. So yeah, come come check it out. Awesome. I will put all those links in the show notes below so people can easily reach out. Guys, go subscribe to her blog. It's amazing. You uh, will not regret it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I so appreciate it. Was, uh, so awesome to have you on. Thank you so much for your time and energy and I look forward to talking to you soon. Yeah, you too. Thanks, Ben. Hey, yo. Thanks so much for listening. I truly hope you enjoyed today's episode. Just a reminder that all the relevant links can be found in the show notes below, as well as that of our free Facebook community, where all the cool kids are at, just being ourselves, sharing our gifts, and supporting the hell out of one another. So come on in, introduce yourself, and join the party. See you in there.